Hey there, it's Jolene from Ghost Towns and History of Montana. Welcome to another edition of our podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening to our last one. You've been really supportive. I wasn't sure if anyone would listen or be interested, but you've been there and taken this ride with us. And so I just want to say a big thank you to everyone for supporting us. So we're going to continue on. Uh, tonight, I want to tell you a story about Marcus Daly. Now, many of you have probably heard of Marcus Daly, heard a few things, few good things, maybe a few not so good things, probably read some books about him, uh, but very influential man in Montana. And as we know, the best way to get a story is from the horse's mouth, right? So tonight, I'm going to share with you the only story Marcus Daly ever wrote. Only once in his career was Marcus Daly known to write anything for publication concerning himself and his work. He was a singularly modest man, one who never sought the admiration of the public or attempted to make a merit of that which he accomplished. For this reason, his own little sketch of his career, written at the urgent request of his friends, in November 1895 is most interesting. On Anaconda Hill was the title of the paper from which the following extracts are taken. I came to Butte in 1876. I have heard a great many times that I packed my blankets into Butte and that I went into a miner's lodging house and looked about quietly for mining properties without letting anybody know what my business was. I know many a good man who has come into Butte packing his blankets. It would be perfectly satisfactory to me if I had come into town that way. But it happens that I came from Utah where I had been mining by rail to Franklin. That was as far as the railroad was built. I came there by stage. I represented the Walker brothers and I bought for them the Alice Mine, having an interest in the property myself. Butte was a bright, active little town in those days. It has been criticized a good deal, but I noticed that the men who were in Butte 20 years ago and who have been reasonably attentive to business have nearly all prospered. I can say that I was not favorably impressed with Butte as a silver camp, but I believed at that time that it was a most promising copper camp, and I based my conclusions on what I saw where Mr. Meter was operating and on the developments at the Green Mountain, which was worked by a man named Pazansky. Partly, but not altogether, because of the feeling I had about Butte as a silver camp, I sold my interest in the Alice. I did well when I sold. The money looked large to me. And when I went back to Salt Lake, I thought I would make them respect my bank account anyhow. While I was looking around for properties in Butte, my attention was called to the Anaconda Mine. I recommended the property to my friends in San Francisco, and after some delays, we bought the Anaconda for 30000 Afterwards, we bought the St. Lawrence. 
The anaconda shaft was down 60 feet when we started in. We had a hand windlass. Michael Carroll and John O'Farrell were with me when the work was started. I became very warmly attached to these two men. They remained in the service of the company to the day of their death. They received merited promotion. Their graves are in Butin. I shall remember them always as men who were faithful in their work and absolutely loyal in their friendship. It is true that a silver mill was ordered for the Anaconda mine. We supposed that it was a silver property, but we discovered copper near the 300-foot level. Of course, the silver mill was never put up. The property worked very rapidly into copper. I really cannot make in a few words a connected story of the development of the properties of the Anaconda Company from that day to this. Anybody who would be interested in the account can see the hoist spread over the hill back of Butte, and then he can take a look at the city of Anaconda itself. That is better evidence than written history. There have been plenty of discouragements. The fire that destroyed the smelter at Carroll in the fall of 1888, just after it was finished at a great expense, was the most discouraging wreck I ever looked upon. A year after that followed the mysterious fire in the Anaconda Mine. One thing that occurred after the fire was news to Mr. Hurst and some other owners in the Anaconda, but not to me. They discovered that we could abandon the Anaconda and St. Lawrence and keep the smelters running right along indefinitely from the ore that the other mines owned by the company could furnish. We had also the shutdown to contend with in 1891. That was forced by the grasping policy of absentee railroad managers. It was a very trying time while it lasted. Later on, we built the Butte, Anaconda, and Pacific Railroad, and I regard this as one of the most satisfactory ventures I have had anything to do with in Montana. We started the city of Anaconda in 1882, as we could not find enough water at any place nearer Butte. We examined the Big Hole District and several other places. It was at this time a question whether the works would be built in this state or not. In the end, we concluded to build in Anaconda. I was always glad of it. I had no ambition to found any city, but I like to see Anaconda prosper as it has year after year. As this is my last, as well as my first attempt to write for the newspapers, I want to say this. My home is in Montana. My interests are here. My friends, I have any man's share of them, are here and I have no other plan in the world except to stay with them. Well, thank you again for joining us. I will be back again soon. Until then, everybody take care.